When the Denver Broncos take on the AFC East division this upcoming season, it's the ghost of girlfriends past. They're going to be facing two former head coaches, two former first round pass rushers and an old ball boy. You're going to get that and much more on today's brand new episode. Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. What's happening, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country for tuning in, making Locked On Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Thank you. Shout out to all the everydayers out there. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast so you never miss out on an episode as soon as it's made available. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, credentialed Broncos reporter from Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, my sidekick, my good friend, Sarah Bettinger. He's the site expert over there, predominantlyorange.com. We're going through and we're looking at some of the divisions that the Denver Broncos will play this upcoming season. What are some superlatives, some headlines that they're going to be facing when those days, when those games come? And it's interesting when you look at the AFC East. Because the Broncos, it's like the ghosts of girlfriends past. There's got a lot of familiar faces and some old breakups that you're going to have to revisit here this upcoming season when Denver takes on the East. And it all starts in week three against the Miami Dolphins, right? Party in the city where the heat is on. And Vic Fangio is now on the beach with Jalen Ramsey, Cody. So, I mean, my goodness, it's going to be hot in Miami in week three. But look. The, the heat is really going to be turned up when Vic Fangio schemes a defense against the guy that he was supposed to be coaching with this year in Sean Payton. Remember, that was the big report as Sean Payton's looking to get back in the NFL. Adam Schefter's like, hey, he's forming a super staff headlined by Vic Fangio, the former head coach of the Denver Broncos. And so I think there was even a point there where Vic considered coming back to Denver as Sean's defensive coordinator. I think he... I, I don't know this for a fact, Cody, but I would say I, I think he genuinely considered that option and then ultimately went to Miami, became the highest paid defensive coordinator, at least for what we assume it, under Mike McDaniel. Now, the uh, the ex-Denver Broncos ball boy, if you didn't know about that. So very interesting ties here to the Denver Broncos organization in Miami, and it doesn't end there. No, it doesn't because Denver's got a lot of familiar faces in Miami that they'll be taking on. Obviously, last year, it was the big trade at the NFL trade deadline. Bradley Chubb, who's a first-round pick by the Broncos, traded away to the Miami Dolphins, subsequently signs a massive contract extension. His time in Miami, he was dealing with a hand injury as well. And a lot of fans, I, I know, like, here's the thing about Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb has been, I think, roasted a lot by Broncos fans. He's been clowned on a little bit by Dolphins fans. I'm telling you, Bradley Chubb, I think he's going to have one of the best years of his career this upcoming season with the Dolphins reuniting with Vic Fangio here. He has all the tools there, and it's also the pieces around him. He was great in Denver last season before getting traded here, but I also think it's important to know, like Bradley Chubb's going to have a chip on his shoulder because he's going to view it as, they called me a core player, they traded me away, there's bulletin board material there. Same thing for Vic Fangio. They fired me. They didn't you know, believe in what I wanted to do just because you know, he didn't like the quarterbacks that Denver had there with Drew Locke and, and others and Teddy. And, and then on top of that, you know, it's going to be nice to see uh, you know, my good friend Eric Sauber. Like I said, I, I grew close with Sabi last, uh, last season for Denver. Really, really cool guy. He's now a tight end over there in that offense, which, look, for Mike McDaniel, this is a dude who loves running backs, but he also loves tight ends. And 
you know, you're going to see Sabi, you know, for Denver, they lost a very, very, very good special teams player. He's now with the Miami Dolphins as well. This is something to look at, but you know, what's even intriguing about these storylines of former players. You mentioned it, Sarah, it is going to be hot week three, man. It's going to be scorching. Remember that game with the Ravens and the Dolphins last year, I believe it was around week three, if I'm not mistaken, or week four, something like that. It was hot. Like guys were dehydrated. Guys were, you know, for both sides, getting pulled out of the game and missing the game due to heat exhaustion. That's how hot it gets in South Beach during that time of the year. So it will be a very, very interesting challenge here for the Broncos. A couple of years ago, Cody, I went to Disney in September. I don't think I'll ever do that again. As much as I love Ooh. Disney, uh, I've been to Disney now in like June and September. They're probably just like laughing at those people as they come in like, ha, look at these people walking into the parks here in the hottest months of the year. No, but I think the the other layer of intrigue to this matchup, remember the Miami Dolphins, they had a first-round pick taken away for tampering with Sean Payton and Tom Brady. So I forgot there's about some, that. Yeah, isn't that interesting to think about? And then the Broncos, of course, acquire a first-round draft pick from the Miami Dolphins in the Bradley Chubb trade to then go trade for Sean Payton. So you got all these intriguing layers here, this this team that never never was or never will be in Miami with Sean Payton as the head coach and Tom Brady as the quarterback and co-owner or some weird something or other. Uh, that's never going to happen. It almost maybe kind of happened. At least it was an idea in somebody's mind. But um, And then, of course, George Payton and, and Chris Greer, the two general managers of, the, of these two teams, very, very well connected. I, I believe, Cody, wasn't it the Broncos and, my, and Dolphins who came together on the trade that the Broncos jumped the Atlanta Falcons or they jumped the Miami Dolphins, one of the two to get Javante Williams. So there's, I mean, how many more things can we dig up here is there's gotta be a few more. So, but I love it. <laughs> former Bronco Jay Cutler, former Bronco Jay Cutler. Oh, remember that game against the Miami Dolphins and Julius Thomas. Yes. And oh, Jay, yeah, Jay Cutler's finest moment in his post bears career, beating the Broncos and, Maybe smoking a cig Adam on the sideline. Oh gosh, it, we're not we're connecting the dots here. This is traumatizing. This is Broncos Dolphins Inception <laughs> Hour here on Locked On Broncos. I absolutely love it, but I'm excited for the matchup. And at, what I'm not excited about, though, Cody, is having to face off against Jalen Waddle and, of course, Tyreek Hill, our old nemesis. Who the the one play he didn't make against Denver? Remember that incomplete pass that he actually caught? That was it should have been a touchdown. And I, I mean, it, it's just. My goodness, this is a talented team in Miami. They're one of the best rosters in the AFC. And of course, you hope for Tua Tagovailoa the best. Like, I mean, my goodness, it was tough to watch from an outside perspective last year, what he struggled with, what he dealt with. Hopefully the Broncos can get the better of him in this matchup. But man, you wish that guy the best. And, and hopefully he's able to have the kind of career that we all saw. Remember when he came in at halftime of that national championship game in place of Jalen Hurts and absolutely dominated the second half. And everybody's going bonkers over this Tua, Tua what? Tua Tagovailoa in the national championship, ice cold off the bench. But I, I hope the best for him, but I do hope in this matchup, the Broncos find a way to get him and Vic Fangio in, in Miami. Yeah, well, you know, it's crazy to think about the last time Denver played, you know, the Dolphins in Denver. Obviously not going to be relevant to this matchup here, but Vic Fangio was the head coach. Tua was a rookie. Bradley Chubb absolutely decimated Tua. And now they're on the same exact team. But then Denver maybe can concoct a game plan against former offensive line coach Butch Berry. There's another connection here on today's episode of the show. My mind is blown here, my friends. We continue to chug <laughs> along. But you're going to have to find a way to get pressure on Tua because 
as you mentioned, guys like Jalen Waddle, I mean, Tyreek Hill. I mean, it, they have weapons galore there at the receiver position down there in South Beach. And with that heat and with the speed that those guys have, hydration will be key for the Broncos when they prepare to take on the Miami Dolphins. Week three of NFL action, Denver's first road game of the season in 2023. Broncos country, there's another matchup a couple weeks after the Dolphins that is important that everyone's going to be talking about because a former head coach returns to Denver to take on the team that fired him, not even before he was finished with his first season as head coach. We'll talk about the Broncos matchup with the Jets. You'll get that on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos, this episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook, and you can make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs. As a matter of fact, you should make a fast break to FanDuel right now because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win with the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals ongoing in the NBA playoffs. This is the place to be. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers in Denver, just like we all drew it up. Oh, no, Cody. It's the New York Jets version of Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers coming to Denver this season for another AFC East matchup. By the way, for those keeping score at home, I also discovered uh, River Craycraft on the Miami Dolphins, Freddie oh Swain goodness. on the Miami Dolphins, Malik Reed on the Miami Dolphins. So, it, I mean, they might as well just go visit their old lockers and, and shed a few tears or something because it's a, enough of those guys to be able it's to the do Bronco it. Bowl. it. It is. It's the Bronco Bowl. So, but the New York Jets, Cody, Aaron Rodgers, uh, some great photoshops of him in a Denver Broncos uniform. Unfortunately, two years of torturous rumors that never came to pass, although it appears we were all on the right track. The, the people who called us, you know, tinfoil hat theory, conspiracy theorists, whatever. It looks like this was maybe, in fact, the plan because Aaron Rodgers now with Nathaniel Hackett as members of the New York Jets together. This is one of the biggest matchups of the year. We talked about it when the schedule came out. Everybody's got this one circled with a big red circle. Like the Jets are coming to town. We want to kind of get revenge on Hackett a little bit after last season, how embarrassing it ended there, but also kind of on Rodgers for not making this thing happen to come to Denver, right? So I, I'm excited for this one for sure. It's going to be a big matchup. Not only that, I think when you look at the Jets, I think everyone's wondering, will the New York Jets this year become the Denver Broncos of last year? And I mean, it's hard to imagine that lightning would strike twice, but when Hackett was initially fired and then when he signed on as offensive coordinator for the Jets, the New York media market just said, okay, yeah, you know, it was just a, it was a dumpster fire in Denver. It wasn't Hackett's fault. Hackett was the fall guy there. It's crazy to see the narratives that, you know, get painted, especially in a bigger market, but also in New York, if Hackett and the offense and Rogers struggle, it is going to be massively difficult for them as well. But, you know, the Jets are going to be a better football team. And, you know, they, they had that. They encompassed, they encompassed that under Robert Sala last season, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. They were one of the NFL's best defenses. I think after week four, they were able to really just generate pressure, bring, you know, bring down quarterbacks. Uh, and, and they really made life difficult. This was a game when Denver took them on last year in Denver. Once again, it's going to be another Denver Jets match in the Mile High City. But Denver did not have Russell Wilson in that game. They had Brett Rippon, who, you know, the offensive game plan, once again, we saw it like, hey, get Jerry Judy involved. Great things happen. Unfortunately, Sauce Gardner, you know, is getting a little bit of, you know, away with holding. 
And once again, that's going to be another dynamic that Denver's going to face. But you talk about the addition of Aaron Rodgers. We just talked about the wide receivers that the Miami Dolphins have. Look at the wide receivers here that the Jets have here all across the board. And granted, this could change between now and training camp when roster cuts do have to happen. Alan Lazard coming over, who the Broncos had interest in during NFL free agency. It was widely noted and documented. They made an aggressive push for him. There's Corey Davis, who is very, very talented, damn good player. Randall Cobb reuniting with Rodgers once again. Garrett Wilson, who was an unbelievable player as a rookie last season. And then you have McCole Hardman, former nemesis inside the AFC West. And then, hey, Denzel Mims, who we've always believed and we've talked about here on the podcast leading up to the draft. Like, hey, we like Denzel Mims. He's got talent. How come Denver doesn't take a look at him, you know, coming out of Baylor? He's had a hard time trying to find his way out of the field in New York. Will he be there when this matchup happens? It doesn't matter because they have so many damn guys at that position, not to mention running back. I mean, last year with Brees Hall, I mean, Sarah, he was on a very, very damn good pace. And unfortunately, in Denver, he tore his ACL. They have Israel Labanaconda forever, as we talked about. They drafted him, and they also have Michael Carter. They have a three-headed monster at the running back position right now on paper. So, yeah, the New York Jets, when they come to town week five, it's going to be a tough matchup for Denver right now, looking at it on paper. You know, uh, Cody, you mentioned their wide receivers. Who's coaching the wide receivers there (laughs) in New York these days? Uh, we can't go down this. We can't go down this path again. Oh no, Deontay Spencer also plays for the Jets. Oh, oh my gosh! Holy cow, man! We could go all all day. With Connor this. McGovern resigned as well. He did. Connor McGovern, Billy Turner is there. You've got Will Parks there in New York. So uh, it, it, this is going to be like this season for the Denver Broncos. May kind of be like the last episode of like your favorite show. It's like all these characters making a cameo appearance. It's like. Oh my gosh! So the the sentimental experience of these last years that we've absolutely hated as fans, uh, but all these players that we've grown attached to, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be something else to see them. But look, uh, this is a huge matchup for the Denver Broncos to be able to go up against the Jets and Aaron Rodgers, like you mentioned, Brees Hall. He was really the guy that again in that last game against New York. You looked at maybe could Brett Rippon go in there and beat Zach Wilson. Absolutely. And then Brees Hall was like, absolutely not. I'm taking this game over. And didn't he have an 80 yard touchdown before he ultimately suffered the season ending injury? Just a horrible game for the Jets in general for the course of their season. Ultimately didn't end up costing them Aaron Rodgers in the offseason or anything like that. But they lost Brees Hall in that game. They lost Elijah Vera Tucker in that game. A guy who has really emerged for them as a top flight offensive lineman as a former first round pick. So I'm fascinated to see what Hackett is going to be able to do now reunited with Rodgers, not under the umbrella of Matt LaFleur, right? So it, it wasn't necessarily, you know, uh, Nathaniel Hackett getting all the credit for the Packers offense when Rodgers went back-to-back MVPs. He was really known as the guy that was like, he helped keep everyone's spirits up. He was helping yeah. design the gold zone. He was helping with all these things. And helping Aaron Rodgers in terms of just like he made Aaron Rodgers happy every day. That's what Rodgers told the media. And that was the endorsement that he gave. It's going to be fascinating to see after a really, really bad year in Denver last year where it was like, hey, we're going to do whatever Russ wants to do. Or, you know, I don't I don't even know what they were doing last year. Is he going to do the same thing with Aaron Rodgers this year in New York? And how successful is it going to be? I mean, it, it will. The curious aspect about that, their relationship is the fact that they have prior history. They have worked together. I mean, Hackett has coached Rodgers before. Rodgers has been coached by Hackett and they've embraced each other versus, you know, in comparison last year for Denver, Russ and Hackett have never worked together before. 
And you could definitely tell they're two different styles of guys. And maybe Aaron is more comfortable. I mean, I, I, I try to look at it from this standpoint as well. You look at Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's got a lot of prestige to him, right? So when you look at the dynamic in that relationship, who probably has the the power? Probably Aaron Rodgers has the power over Nathaniel Hack and actually, hey, I'm just, you know, Rodgers, whatever you need, just let me know. I got you. Versus when it was introduced to Russ, it was, you know, Hackett wanted to be this guy. He wanted to be this type of coach. And then Russ, you know, wanted to be this type of quarterback. And together, they just didn't mesh well. And it was evident there. I mean, obviously, with the point where Denver had to throw out the entire offensive playbook and say, hey, you know what? We're just going to go week by week here. We're going to figure out what the hell we're going to do eventually. Maybe we're going to get going. That happened. That all started week five. And I just remember the discrepancy in terms of passing and running the football. I was like, man, Denver just can't run the ball without Javante. The offensive line is banged up. Okay, well, now they're just be- becoming too predictable in the passing game. And unfortunately, it's like you don't have good enough protection because there were times where Denver was driving and then bang, a sack would happen. Or, you know, Sauce Gardner would not get called for defensive pass interference when he should have. I mean, defensively, the Jets are going to be good. They're going to challenge the Broncos offense here once again. And this is where the offseason additions of Ben Powers on the interior and at right tackle with Mike McGlinchey, they need to come in handy and, you know, maybe even going a little bit bulkier, maybe going heavy set, 13 personnel, and you're running the damn football, trying to run it down the Jets' throats here week five. And I also think maybe a storyline here to look at. What is the Broncos offense going to look like in week five? Because this is the one game where you play – a, a tough physical team, and then guess what? Just three and a half, almost four days later, you're back on the road. You're playing the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday night football. This is definitely going to help set the table for a very tough stretch for the Broncos this upcoming season, my friend. And tell you what, a Broncos country, we're excited to have you covered every step of the way here. Lockdown Broncos every single day, all year long, Monday through Friday. You can get the podcast always early in video format on YouTube, Sunday through Thursday. You get the audio version Monday through Friday, wherever you get your podcast, but we appreciate you so much, Broncos country, for rocking with us. Now, when we continue to look at the AFC East, there are two other teams in the division, some familiar faces, but also some former nemesises as well in primetime action. The Bills and the Patriots are next up on the slate here for the Broncos. We're going to break down those two matchups and storylines on today's episode of the show. Real quick, let me tell you about the partnership that we have here with Sirius XM and the Lockdown Podcast Network. You listen to Lockdown Broncos, whether you watch us on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast every single day. But if you listen to the Sirius XM app, we have you covered with the Lockdown Broncos podcast there as well, because our exclusive partnership with Sirius XM gives you access to every episode of this show inside the Sirius XM app. And then once the season rolls around, you're going to get game previews. You're going to get some big time things coming with the Lockdown Broncos podcast and Sirius XM. We are super excited about our new partnership with them here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. Two of Denver's four primetime games this upcoming season come against AFC East opponents. And for the Broncos specifically, they're going to open up a very, very tough part of the second half of the schedule against the Buffalo Bills. And they're going to have a Christmas Eve game against the New England Patriots in week 16. So primetime AFC East matchups. There's a lot at stake here for the Broncos against a tough division. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Wherever you get your podcast or whether you watch on YouTube, we appreciate you so much, Sarah. Let's dive right into the action right here on today's episode of the show. Primetime action week 10. The Denver Broncos, they get to travel to Buffalo. And we've gotten some logistics from Sean Payton. And they travel for that game. After the game, they're going to stay the nine Buffalo. And they're going to come back Tuesday. They're going to be off Wednesday. They'll be back at practice on Thursday and Friday. They'll have something on Saturday before hosting the Minnesota Vikings in another primetime game. 
that very next Sunday there. But hey, look, the Broncos will be taking on Josh Allen, what could have been in the eyes of many in Broncos country. And they're going to be taking on Broncos legend Von Miller in this game. I mean, it is a tough matchup on paper. You know, when you look at the Bills offense, and when you look at the Bills defense and where you look at where Denver is at, Luckily for Denver, they get to face the Bills coming off the bye in week nine. So, hey, we'll see where this team is at by then. But, man, this is an intriguing storyline and matchup on paper. It is, Cody. It's that reunion that everybody's been waiting for, right? Obviously, Latavius Murray versus the Denver Broncos once again. <laughs> I'm just obviously this there's is no all Isaiah about McKenzie anymore. So there, there's that one. No, we, we dodged that one. No. Yeah, we dodged that one. No Isaiah McKenzie, but they do have, Cody, uh, a couple of other Denver Broncos. Let's just go through it. I mean, come Shane on. Shane Ray, I just Von, forgot. Shane Ray <laughs> is back in the NFL, which is a really, really That's cool awesome. story, by the way. I, I've seen, uh, I actually think I wrote an article, maybe it was last year or two years ago. I seen him training with Von Miller on Instagram, and I thought to myself, man, if Shane wants to make an NFL comeback, he looks like he's in good enough shape to do it. So obviously the Buffalo Bills felt the same way a couple of years later or a year later or whatever that is. So I love that for him. That's such a great story. That could end up being, if he makes their roster, Cody, that could end up being like one of the coolest stories of the could entire off of the year. Come, yeah, that, I mean, that well. would be, yes, absolutely. That would be incredible. Of course, also Von Miller is a candidate for that award coming off injury. Sam Martin, former Bronco, also there in buffalo so there's plenty of names on all of these different rosters that's why we call this episode right the ghosts of girlfriends past in the afc east the afc east is loaded with former denver broncos so you go up and down the list here and there but i'm most excited cody von miller is my favorite broncos player of all time and no disrespect to to john elway terrell davis shannon sharp rod smith ed mccaffrey those are the guys that i fell in love with the team because of but Von Miller is that guy that as of 2011, you know, I'm still in college at that time. My adult life as a Denver Broncos fan, I owe the fun that it has been or at the, at least when it was fun and it's still fun. But I mean, you get what I mean. When the Broncos are winning, it's more fun. I owe so much of that, I feel, to Von Miller. And, and I'll never forget the great things that he did for the Broncos. I wish he was still a Bronco. And it, he's one of those guys that like, you watch his goodbye video for the team like that. That gets me in the feels, right? Because it's Von freaking Miller, man. He's the Super Bowl MVP. So I can't wait to see how the Broncos are able to embrace him, even though I know this game is on the road. Can't wait to see how he embraces the Broncos. I know he still refers to them and to us as we, right? He still says we when talking about the Broncos. How can you not love Von Miller? How can you not root for the guy? I absolutely love it, Cody. And I'm excited for this matchup against Buffalo because you're right. Th this game against Josh Allen, there's this weird like tension in the air about the Broncos should have drafted him when 90% uh, of the people that I interacted with on Twitter at the time hated Josh Allen's guts. Guy couldn't hit the broadside of a barn for most of his college career. And everybody's like, stay as far away from Josh Allen as possible. And now everybody's like, no, I knew he was going to be a star the whole time. I can't believe the Broncos didn't go to his pro day. And when they did, and I, I know there's just so many weird things about the, the Josh Allen saga that did or didn't happen with the Broncos and why they didn't pick him. And it's just, it, it's, it's going to be good for the Broncos to at least hopefully be competitive against him because he's whooped them the last two times they played. 
He's such a tough player to combat in terms of his arm strength. And not only they design quarterback power runs with him, they have a strong run game now. And I think adding Latavius there, that's obviously a great addition for them. Some size and a guy who protects the football, not to mention Dawson Knox, who have Gabriel Davis, who's emerged as a big time playmaking wide receiver. You still have Stephon Diggs. I mean, Denver is going to have their hands full in the secondary in terms of covering these guys. And also we talk about the concern of D-line depth that Denver has right now. You look at maybe the optics against stopping the run. It, it looks a little bit tough here. Maybe maybe Drew Sanders will be the equalizer here. Maybe that's, you know, I know you call him the colonel, but maybe we're going to call him the equalizer as well this upcoming <laughs> season here for Denver. That's a big matchup for the Broncos. Primetime action, ESPN Monday Night Football Week 10. And then there's another one, right? Last year we had to endure a Christmas Day just yeah, poo-poo fest here with the Denver Broncos. Watching that game was probably one of the most depressing things. And I was just grateful at that time. That was the one game I decided I'm not going to go travel to watch that game. I don't want to sit, you know, after the game in my hotel by myself in Los Angeles, not to mention the whole debacle of Southwest and all the flights and everybody here in Denver that literally could not get back to Denver from LA because of everything that was going on. It would have just been a nightmare. So I, I locked out on that. Luckily, was able to be with family, was able to do a post game pod with you. But now, right. can Denver rewrite the ship here in 2023? You're not going to have a Christmas Day game. You're going to have a Christmas Eve game here against the New England Patriots. Can the Broncos save Christmas from the Grinch? That is Bill Belichick. And hopefully, Mac Jones is in a giving mood on mm. Christmas. Hopefully, there's a lot of presence there for the Broncos defense. But, man, once again, the New England Patriots, they are a tough football team. They're well coached by, obviously, Bill Belichick. And who knows what they're going to look like. They're going to have Denver's going to face some familiar faces, some guys that they faced before. And Juju Smith-Schuster being one of those guys. Hunter Henry being on that team as well, former AFC West division rival. This is just going to be, a, you know, hopefully Denver can send us off, you know, into Christmas Day with, a, you know, a victory. But, man, it's going to be tough against New England. It is. It always is, right? And the Patriots are always well coached. They're always tough. Doesn't matter if they need to win shootout games or low score games. They can typically find a way to do either or Cody, we got to do the thing. Okay. Calvin Anderson, right? He's on the Patriots. Now, you know, who else is on the Patriots? I just found out as we're preparing for this show, Corliss Waitman is on the Patriots. I had no idea. So good for him finding a landing spot. I know the Patriots did draft a punter whose name is Bryce Berenger. Cody, my brother's actual name is Bryce <laughs> Bettinger. So I mean, my brother, yeah, he just, my brother just narrowly missed out on getting drafted by the page, just a couple letters off of getting drafted by the Patriots (laughs) there, but it is going to be tough. And you know what? I I almost hate it when the Broncos play on Christmas. I can't even think of the last good memory that I have of them. The, The most recent one that I can honestly think of Cody, and I'm probably missing something, but do you remember the game where they were playing against the Cincinnati Bengals on Christmas Eve and the Bengals botched an extra point and the Broncos ended up winning by one. And this may have been like over 10 years ago. I can't even Chad remember. Chad was still on the team when that happened. John Lynch <laughs> Chad, was a Bronco. Yeah. Okay. So we're going, we're going way back into the archives for that one. So, I mean, that's the last, if you, in the comments, if you can think of another Christmas game where the Broncos had better luck than that in recent years, uh, leave it in the comments. Cause I can't, for some reason I'm blanking. I'm, I'm remembering losses multiple against the Raiders. I'm remembering oh. last year's loss against the Rams, of course. Uh, I'm remembering a couple years ago, I think they played the Bills near Christmas. So I don't like these Christmas games, Cody. I, I, there's a bad, like, you know, to, to use a pun for a player on the Patriots roster, there's a bad juju about these Christmas games. So thankfully it's in Denver. 
And uh, that's the one thing to be excited about. A December against the Patriots in Denver. We got good vibes there, right? That's when the C.J. Anderson overtime game happened in 2015. So uh, hopefully some more good vibes this coming year. And we'll see. Maybe the Broncos have some uniform tricks up their sleeve for Christmas this year. Maybe that's one of those special games for them this season. Maybe we, that's where we see the white alternate helmet here for the Broncos when they face the Patriots Christmas Eve, some stocking stuffers, and hopefully a Broncos win. The Ghost of Girlfriends Pass Tour will kick off in the 2023 NFL season when the Broncos face the AFCs, the Miami Dolphins Week 3, the New York Jets. Obviously, that's going to be Week 5, the Buffalo Bills Week 10, and the New England Patriots in Week 16. Broncos country! Let us know what you thought about today's episode down below on the YouTube comments. If you're watching, make sure you interact with other members of Broncos country as well. Thank you so much for all of you listening to us wherever you get your podcast as well. Make sure you subscribe or follow so you never miss out on an episode as soon as it's made available. The Broncos are back on the field on Wednesday for minicamp. Voluntary minicamp phase one of OTAs officially begins. Who's going to be in attendance? I'll be at practice. We'll have you covered here with the recap locked on Broncos. We appreciate you so much. Broncos country. Let's ride.